Welcome to the Manchild Chronicles podcast, Sports Edition. Come join our team of armchair quarterbacks as we discuss, dissect, and debate all that sports had to offer this week. Let's welcome our hosts, Ryan, John, Mike, and Jay. Growing up never took so long. Welcome in, cronies. Welcome to the Man Child Chronicles podcast, sports edition. I'm here with my two best friends, John and Jay, and we're going to get into the NFL action this week. Did you guys have a good turkey day? I had a fantastic turkey day. There is nothing better than getting to stuff yourself silly and also watch three football games. That was great. Mm. Especially how they spread them out. Morning, afternoon, evening, all day turkey, oh, all day football. Yes, my, my wife oh. was very happy about it. I was going to say, the wives did not seem oh, to appreciate my. it as much as the men, but man, the dads were happy. Luckily let's, for me, my wife loves football, so it's all good over here. <laughs> let's get right into it. We started off with a doozy of a game. The Buffalo Bills traveling home to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Winning 28-25 in a barn burner game that the Lions almost had a chance to win and win their fourth straight, but they just couldn't quite muster enough. In the Bills, I almost felt like the Bills needed this win more than the Lions because they've lost some heartbreakers lately, and I think they were starting to think they weren't that good. But uh, they pulled this one off. Josh Allen threw a rocket ship to Stefan Diggs at the end to set him up in the field goal range with hardly any seconds left, and they got the W. Yeah, the Bills are the first team to win back-to-back in Detroit <laughs> since, like, 2013 or 2014, yep, yep. I read. So the Detroit Bills are the first team to go back-and-back. Back. So now next week, everybody at the Lions game will be wearing Bills jerseys. Yeah. And be like, well, what's going on? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's our we home like team that. at? We like that other team better. <laughs> Uh, going right into the next bout, you have the uh, New York Giants versus the uh, Dallas Cowboys. That was also a pretty good game. Um, the uh, Cowboys ended up winning that one 28-20, uh, to 20, um, and they did have to uh, come from behind in that second half to win it. Uh, Dalton Schultz played great, had two second-half uh, touchdowns. Uh, so uh, all in all, uh, Cowboys, are they're going to keep rolling. They, they beat the Giants. This was a great game uh, to be in the middle because I got to take my nap in the first half of this one. <laughs> yep. Going my tricky coma. <laughs> I did the good. same thing. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what happened in the first half, but uh, the second half got exciting for a little bit, and that's for sure. It was juicy in the second half. Mm-hmm. Talking about a comeback winning, though, Minnesota Vikings 33 to the New England Patriots 26. Patriots looked like they had that game locked in. And we're in prime time, and Kirk Cousins is out there, and you know Bill Belichick's like perfect formula. I will win this game. <laughs> it is a victory. We're on to the next team. But Kirk Cousins did something we've never seen him do his whole career, and that was saying, "You got that after a prime time game." <laughs> well, he, you know, I I think I told you guys this, but I was imagining this was happening uh, for prep for the game. They. They pretty much euthanized, or not euthanized, but uh, knocked out, <laughs> get chlorophyll on Kirk Cousins and knocked him out, put him in yep. a dark room, 
and then woke him up and then like made it look like turned all the clocks to one o'clock and made him think it was one (laughs) o'clock he has no idea until after the game what time it was kirk it's witching hour (laughs) perfect i love witching hour you know kirk cousins should not be bad in prime time all he has to do is one thing throw the ball to justin jefferson Mm -hmm. and everything's gonna be all right that you know, just amazing. speaking of that, though, the Patriots' defense, they only – Dalvin Cook ran the ball 22 times, but he only averaged 1.9 yards a carry. Like, that defense, especially that run defense of the Patriots, it is something special there in New England. And Kirk Cousins found a found a way to found a way to get past that with the receiving and Jefferson getting open. But shout-out yep. to Mac Jones, too. He had a really good game, 382 yep. yards, two touchdowns. I was – that was a very impressive game offensively for Mac, so we'll see what happens. Well, let's get to the game of the week, fellas. <laughs> that is the New York Football Jets beating the Da Bears thirty-one to ten. The debut of Mike White, the great white knight, making his debut. The Messiah, some say. I've heard. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he looked great. Uh, highest QB rating for the week. He was like 21 to 26, 315 yards, three touchdowns. Looked amazing. The offense moved. The team was smiling and laughing, having a great time all day, except for one guy on the bench <laughs> who looked like Anakin Skywalker when the dark force took over him with his hood up, did not participate. Uh, that was Zach Wilson. But the Jets look great. Their defense shut them down. Their offense looked phenomenal. And if Mike White can play like that the rest of the year, we got a chance, fellas. We have a chance. Is there any coming back for Zach Wilson? Is there any? After no. what he did on the sideline, not participating and ignoring everybody? I don't think so. Not this year anyway. Now, I mean, if, I've, if I've been the starting quarterback and I lose my position, and I lose my position by being, let's just say, stupid, Making dumb plays in the game and then making dumb comments at the press conference. Yep. I would be on that sideline by the coach with my helmet strapped on, saying, I'm ready to go in at any moment, no matter how great of a game Mike White was throwing. I would well, they, be that guy. They uh, healthy scratched him, so he was in street clothes, but he could have worn a headphone. He yep. could have had the tablet on the sideline. He could have been encouraging and high fiving people. He didn't do anything. He just sat there with his hood up and looked pouting like a little kid, is what he was doing. Um, just real quick notables before we move on. Um, Carter did get hurt, as we all know. Brees Hall was out, so Michael Carter was stepping in. Uh, Z Knight came in, fourteen carries, sixty-nine yards. His bam. name was Bam. And then uh, another other notables on that with Mike White being there. He threw to ten different receivers. He woke up the sleeping giant, which was Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore had two catches, 60-something yards, and a touchdown. Um, afterwards, Elijah Moore was in the locker room talking about how much he like uh, loved dating the football again, and he's just glad to be dating the yeah. football. It was really <laughs> funny. Now, the yeah. the saddest part of this game to me was the they announced that Noah Nathan Peterman was going to start for the Bears, and then I saw Trevor Simeon starting, and I was very disappointed in that because there's nothing more I love than Nathan Peterman football. So, Bears, yeah. give Nathan Peterman a chance. 
Me as well. I was very excited Nathan Peterman was going to start. <laughs> as a Jets fan, you were very excited. Well, they well going into the game, they announced in the morning that Justin Fields wasn't going to start. He's going to be Trevor Simeon. And then 10 minutes before kickoff, they said, nope, it's going to be Nathan Peterman. And then five minutes before kickoff, like, nope, it's going to be a game time, <laughs> up to the game time decision. Cause they Simeon saw Nathan his... Peterman throw the ball in there. Like, nope, <laughs> nope, never mind. <laughs> Simeon, we need you to take this steroid shot and dump you it out. Are, yeah. You're getting in there. It was like, uh, what's that movie, Varsity Blues? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, going on to the next game, uh, you had the Bengals versus the Titans. This was a very. Very, um, actually, uh, intense game uh, getting to watch it on NFL Red Zone. Um, the Bengals ended up winning 20-16, to 16, but both teams were fighting hard. They wanted to win this game. So it, it was just fun to see uh, Tannehill and um, the um, Titans fighting hard. But Derrick Henry just could not get it going. Uh, you want to talk about the low carries? He had 17 carries for only 38 yards. Oof. King Henry Oof. could not get it going. He did get it going in the passing uh, game. He had three catches for 79 yards, including a uh, uh, like a 63-yard catch where he was running right before he got to the end zone. He fumbles it, and then Traylon Burks recovered it in the end zone. And for so his first Traylon, touchdown ever. First yeah, NFL first touchdown. So Traylon Burks got his first <laughs> touchdown by getting the fumble recovery off Derrick Henry. So, yeah, King Henry did not have a good game. Uh, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins did. They found a connection, uh, seven catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown. Um, I was very happy to see the Bengals pull that one off. Now, I don't recognize that name. Who are they? Who were the Titans playing? I don't recognize that name. Who are they playing, John? I think it was the Bengals. Dirty Joe and the oh, boys. Oh, Dirty Joe and the boys. Dirty That's Joe and the boys. Dirty Joe and the boys, and they were dirty that game. Only one Dirty Joe, Joe Burrow. The other Dirty Joe couldn't make it, but, you know, good job. Dirty Joe has that swagger and confidence that gets you to Super Bowls. Uh, next the game guy up. Who doesn't have this weight yeah. anymore. <laughs> Think of the same thing. The guy who next lost game his swagger. Up. Cleveland Browns stole it in overtime, 23 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 17. I would still like to point out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the NFC South leading team in the division, so they are still hot. Hot they still are, so don't be sad or disappointed in them. They are still going to make the playoffs at 6-11. and Oh, Um, man. (laughs) It's true, too. It's terrible. so, They're five and six right now and leading the division. That's so how bad the, it is. Uh, so yeah, so uh, the Buccaneers uh, did not pull through on the John Gill guarantee. I would like to apologize to all the man-child audience. Um, you know, you win some, you lose some, and this is just a game you lose. The defense for me watching the game, the defense for the Buccaneers did their job. I know they gave up that touchdown late, but to me, they stopped it so many times beforehand and gave that offense so many times to get some more freaking points on the board, and the Buccaneers just can't figure it out. Um, there's no there's no motivation when I watch this team. Like, there's no motivation. When they do good, nobody's excited. When they do bad, nobody's upset about it. It's just like it's just Todd Bowles on the sideline. Just no motivation yeah. at all from anyone. Isn't it, isn't it funny how they reflected Bruce Arians' personality and now Todd Bowles' personality? It's yep. just it's just disheartening. And 
Tom Brady said some things I heard on ESPN from Ryan Clark about how, like, they're not doing any one-on-one drills, you know. And, you know, Tom Brady wants to do one-on-one drills, and the coaching staff hasn't hasn't done one-on-one, one-on-one drills since Bruce Arians has been there. And you can see those throws he's missing to Mike Evans are just off. You know, they need to do some more some more training and development or whatever, some more chemistry skill drills between these receivers and stuff. But, um, I mean, why would Todd Bowles, who – was I mean such a great coach? He got fired by the New York Jets. Why wouldn't he listen to the best player ever to play football? <laughs> I don't. So I don't know what's going on there. But it feels like it's. It, I don't feel like it's Todd Bowles coaching the team. I feel like it's Bruce Arians coaching the team. But it's Todd Bowles trying to figure out how Bruce Arians coached the team. Does that make sense? Yeah, they don't have an like, identity on offense. They don't they have don't, an identity nope. on offense. They don't have an identity out there. They're just they they don't know what the heck what the heck's going on. There's no chemistry. There's no identity, and that's how you lose these close games in overtime. Well, I'll tell you who does have an identity. It's the Miami Dolphins. This wasn't even a game. They beat the Texans thirty to fifteen. The Texans scored fifteen because the Dolphins took their starters out, and all of a sudden they learned how to play football. <laughs> but the Dolphins went up really fast. They could do whatever they wanted at will in the passing game against the Texans. Tua looked great. Their receivers looked great. Their defense looked great. The Dolphins looked good. They're uh, they're rolling. Um, uh, just a Texans fair warning, Dolphins. Um, we're going to the playoffs, so we cannot bench our starting players here for fantasy football. All right, yeah. we keep them in every <laughs> Thank down. Thank you, John. Thank we're you, John. Going into the playoffs, Dolphins. So this isn't college. They get points on fantasy. You leave them in, no matter what. Did you guys? I was watching a uh, pregame to the Monday Night Football game tonight, and they had a thing on Tua on there. I don't know if you guys saw this, but last year he would he thought that he was terrible, and he was wondering if he should even play football anymore. His teammates said he would literally stand in front of a mirror and ask himself if he sucked <laughs> as an NFL quarterback because all the fans and media said he wasn't good enough. And then when they got their their new coach, he showed him he put together a tape reel like on one of his first days of 750 plays where he did really good from the previous season and showed him. So coach can do wonders for you if you get the right one. Or you get Todd Bowles who would just dunk behind the <laughs> desk and be like, oh, I hope he doesn't notice me back here. I don't know the uh, Miami Dolphins coach's name, but they showed him on the sideline several times. I know it's his first year uh, coaching there, but man, like you're right, you can tell like he he is he's he's excited to be there. The players are excited to play for him, and yeah, he has he has given to uh, all the confidence in the world. I'll tell you who also has all the confidence in the world, and that is the commander's starting quarterback, uh, Taylor Heineke. I mean, give that guy a beer. Uh, it is Heineke time. Uh, he is just still rolling strong. Uh, the commanders are 7-5 and five under his leadership. They beat the Falcons 19-13. Uh, to 13. Um, I think Heineke's lost one game so far this year since he's yep. been playing. Yep. He's 5-1. He's five five and one. One. Five and one since he took over. Uh, like the kid is just excited to play the ball. It wasn't a pretty victory for the Commanders, but they got the win. So um, shout out to them. They're going to keep rolling. Just a footnote on the last conversation: Mike McDaniel, 
Thank Izzy you. Dolphins coach. Yeah, the, the the commanders, they don't win pretty when they win, but they play hard enough. And next week they're going to get back their first-round pick from last year, Chase Young, Ooh-hoo-hoo. who should be coming nice. back from his knee injury. So that defense is getting a huge boost with him. You want to talk about the team that regrets not hiring Mike Daniel? That is the Denver Broncos, led by Nathaniel Hackett, led by Russell Wilson. Broncos country, let's ride. Let's ride. Panthers 23, Broncos 10. Uh, Update to the, does Russell Wilson have more touchdowns this season versus restrooms in his home? They did not add or remove any restrooms. That's still at 12. But Russell Wilson did get another touchdown, so he is now at eight for the year with the Denver Broncos. Through through 12 weeks, Russell Wilson is at eight total touchdowns for this Denver Broncos offense. I don't know if you saw during this game, but Russell Wilson was sitting on the sideline with Nathaniel Hackett right in front of him, and a defensive player came over and just started screaming at (laughs) Russell Wilson. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> about how bad the offense is. And after the game, Nathaniel Hackett said, I didn't hear nothing. But <laughs> they showed that clip. <laughs> I was watching ES era. It was the NFL Network, I think. They were showing that clip over and over. And you're never going to believe it. You can read his Russell Wilson's lip in your lips, and you're never going to believe what he said. Bronco country, let's ride. That's exactly what he said. The guy was yelling at him, and he goes, Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a robot. I'm sorry, man. but I think he might have severe CTE. <laughs> yeah, we need to get this looked at. <laughs> oh, man. I, how is that coach still employed? I have no idea. And boy, are the Broncos just screwed going forward with that contract and how oh bad Russell gosh. Wilson looks. And Pete Do you Carroll know how bad Russell the whole Wilson time. looks? Do you know how bad Russell Wilson looks? How, how bad, bad does he John? look? Sam Darnold was playing for the Panthers. I was like, ooh, <laughs> Sammy looks good today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all three of the Panthers quarterbacks look better than him. Oof. So shout out to you, Darnold. You got the win. Didn't look too terrible, so just keep not looking too terrible, man. He had a uh, – did you see his touchdown that Sam Darnold had? I might not have known. He his went fumble for, recovery? He fumble uh-uh. recovered it, and nobody touched him, and he literally rolled. Rolled. And, <laughs> like, just kept rolling. and. <laughs> That is a classic Darnold move right there. Like three or four times. That is what the New York Jets missed this season, right there, man. (laughs) Just improv right into the end zone. It it was really funny. I had to watch it several (laughs) times, but they kept playing it on the on the like a little kid rolling around in the living room. I had totally forgotten about that till you said it. But yeah, like John, he snaps the ball, it gets stripped out, so he just jumps on it and then just starts barrel rolling, and he rolls like four times into the end zone and wow. they're like yeah that's a touchdown like to you can do that, that. <laughs> you, you know, can do that <laughs> you know what's sam that darnold, play called the darnold yeah. <laughs> the darnold <laughs> sam darnold knows how to roll but who doesn't know how to roll are the baltimore ravens Oof. losing Oof. to the jacksonville jaguars 28 27 their fourth game in a row where they led the game pretty Oof. and pretty good led the game going into the second half or fourth quarter and they lose 28-27 to the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, the, the Ravens just aren't, I don't know. There's Now there's ascension going on with Lamar and the coach, and who knows what's going to happen with this team going forward. Uh, Lamar just doesn't look good either. He has no receivers to throw to. He overthrows things. People are dropping balls. 
They're not uh, they're not looking very good right now. When the fourth quarter hits, like John Harbor Harbaugh just looks like he gets sick. Like he's just like, oh, like he could have four touchdown lead, but when the it fourth quarter matter. hits, he's just yeah. like. It's because he knows Lamar Jackson. He's not a quarterback who can come from behind and or keep a lead yep. going. He, if he ha- if Lamar Jackson has a lead, which they <laughs> unfortunately they had, but their defense is so bad, they usually can win if he has a lead. But that defense. They're built on a good defense, and their defense is not. Yeah. They got Trevor Smith, Lawrence, but they still can't stop anything. Trevor Lawrence looked really great against that defense too. He had 321 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He hooked up with uh, I think Say Jones yeah, a lot in a that lot. game. Eleven catches, 145 yards, like just a tremendous job by Trevor. Uh, that was his was a, best game as a pro by far. There was a player talking for the Jaguars. I didn't catch who it was, but he was talking to the reporters, and they were, like, talking about Trevor Lawrence, how great of a game is, and he goes, you know, this is kind of like Trevor Lawrence's rookie season, to be honest with you, because last year he was with Urban Meyer, and that we all know the train wreck that was. You can't even count that as a rookie season. This is like Trevor's true rookie season here. With Doug Peterson, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, it's true. true. Anytime you can back the bus over Urban Meyer, you do. (laughs) You just do it. (laughs) You know, and I want to talk about the end of that game because it segues right into the next one, but we had two games that came down to the last 15 seconds, and the Jaguars are one of them. They score the touchdown. The uh, extra point ties the game. And they go for it. They go for it. Yeah. And he completes the pass to Zay Jones for the two-point conversion. And so they win 28-27. to Let's go to the next game. The Chargers versus the Cardinals. Uh, Chargers are battling. The Cardinals are battling. It's one of the – it's the best, really, I've seen the Cardinals look in a long time. And – with 15 seconds to go, the Chargers score a touchdown. They just have to kick the extra point to send it to overtime. But that's not what they do. Justin Herbert passes to Gerald Everett for the two-point conversion, and so they win by one point, 25-24. It it's, it's rare to see it go to that, but to see it literally come down twice in the same game yeah. in almost the identical seconds and then that team that scores pulls it off i it, it was very impressive i was like wow but yeah chargers chargers won and uh, herbert looked really good doing it this is when the analytics of football actually pays off and now next week everybody's going to be trying that and it won't work and it won't work <laughs> <laughs> it won't work for them analytics blah 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 uh, going on to the second overtime game of the weekend. You guys gave me all the good ones. The Las Vegas. Vegas? 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 Las Vegas, Vegas. The Vegas, 40 to the Seattle Seahawks, 34. I mean, where the heck did these Vegas come from? Playing in Seattle, putting up 40 points. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Monster Josh Man. Jacobs. 229 rushing yards, two touchdowns, six, almost seven yards of carry, six catches on the ground. I mean, whew. if you I can't mean, pass the ball that good when your running back's doing that great, then there's an issue. Carr had a couple picks, 295 yards, three touchdowns. But, man, Josh Jacobs. Whew. John, all those, all those rushing yards, did he get a bunch of them on one play? How did Josh Jacobs end the game? <laughs> You 80, tell me. 82-yard rush in overtime. In overtime. To 229 yards he got that game. 
unbelievable. One, that one play catapulted so many fantasy teams to a W this week because I was, I was watching a lot of those games and I went and looked at these scores. They were all losing and then they got that huge play, which in a lot of leagues, if you get a long touchdown play, you get bonus points too. And it put them over 200. Uh, just Massive. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable! But I, what what a way for the Raiders to uh, to to walk off that home run! I I couldn't tell who was going to win it. Uh, the it, the Raiders got the ball; they had to punt. Seahawks got the ball; they punted, and then Josh Jacobs just said, "Ah, fine, I'll I'll just go do it myself." <laughs> I'll do it myself. Now, don't let that fool you, everybody. The Raiders still suck. Yeah, They're not good. <laughs> this Josh Jacobs just was a beast yesterday. Uh, next game, 49ers over the Saints, 13-0. Hashtag Niners defense is really good. And they got one touchdown and kicked a bunch of field goals. And Saints looked really bad. Uh, hashtag Saints aren't really good. Hashtag Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> wins all the time. And they still don't want him as their quarterback next year. Uh, I I did read somewhere that uh, someone is going to overpay for Garoppolo next year and regret Jets, that decision. Jets, Jets. Listen to this in his in his starts as a 49er, uh, he just he just got to a point where however many games he played, he has a higher winning percentage than Joe Montana at that point and Steve Young at that point. Wow. Yeah. And they don't want him. Somebody well, I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you about a player that is wanted, and that is Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs. And yeah. the uh, Kansas City Chiefs walked away over a awful-looking Super Bowl team. <laughs> the Los Angeles uh, Rams, the Chiefs won 26-10. to 10, And the Chiefs did not look that good, to be honest. Uh, I The headline said the Chiefs slogged their way past a beat-up Rams, uh, just kicked a bunch of field goals. Um, Patrick Mahomes did have one touchdown. Um, Pacheco got the start. He did rush one touchdown. But uh, other than that, it was it was all Harrison Butker uh, kicking field goals because the Chiefs were just not very efficient as they got on the uh, Rams' side of the field. But it didn't matter. The Rams are just terrible. Do you know how it. bad the Rams looked? How bad, how bad John? I thought they were still playing in St. Louis with Jeff Fisher as our head coach. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. Are we in St. Louis right now? I've That's never bad. seen a Super Bowl team be this bad the next year. Not well, even close. They it's because so bad. this is historic, Ryan. It's never happened before. <laughs> and you know you know what else with their team? Now that Cooper Cup is out, they just said today that they're probably not going to have Matt Stafford come back. Nope. Allen Robinson, who's just a bust anyway, but he's out for the year now. And now Aaron Donald has a high ankle sprain. I bet they don't bring him back either. They're just going to wait till next year for any of these guys. Well, the worst part about that is the Lions on their first-round pick. So the more games these lose, the yep. more higher the pick goes for the Lions. That's the worst part about all this. Yep. So they're being bad, but they're not being bad to get something good in return. They're just being bad to be maybe give Lions something. Hey, Dan Campbell loves that, John. He does not think that's worse. He loves it. <laughs> It's been his whole strategy all year. <laughs> all year. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, though, here in Green Bay, good old Wisconsin, we had the Packers versus the Eagles. And what a game it actually was. I was kind of surprised. I'm not going to lie. Um, Philadelphia Eagles put up 40. Green Bay put up 33, though, in a mighty fight against them. Um, 
In all honesty, a lot more high-scoring and competitive a game than I thought it was. I think Rodgers went out with an injury there at some point in the game. Yep. Um, uh, Jordan Love came in and actually looked pretty pretty good with his throwing. But uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just keep rolling. What a running game they had, man. Hurts, I think, had over 150 yards on the ground. Uh, Miles Sanders had over 143 yards here. And then Kenneth Gainwell joined in for a touchdown and uh, 40 yards. And then even another guy, uh, B. Scott, had 24 yards rushing. So keep running. Boston Scott. Boston. Not Bart Scott. Uh, Yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers took himself out of that game. He thought he had a punctured lung, and they put Jordan Love in there. And Jordan Love looked pretty, 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 pretty good. And uh, in that game, Chris Collinsworth mentioned that in Aaron Rodgers' third year with the Packers, about the exact same time in the season, he came into a game for an injured Brett Favre and looked great. The next year, they got rid of Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers started. And then same thing happened last night. So... See what happens. Will history repeat and itself? Then Brett Favre took a lot of money from the welfare in Mississippi. Brett Favre took some uh, pictures when he went to New York. Did some little <laughs> <laughs> thing with pics. Uh, last game on the docket: Monday Night Football. The Steelers upset the Colts twenty-four to seventeen. What? It was a game, and then the Steelers uh, ended up winning the game 24-17. Matt Ryan looks terrible. Their passing game looks terrible. Uh, Jeff Saturday uh, got a loss, and Mike Tomlin loves it. Kenny Pickett, uh, nothing really great on the Steelers' side. They ran the ball okay once Najee Harris left the game with an injury. (laughs) But uh, nothing very exciting with this game at all, stat-wise. Just a... Good defensive game by the Steelers. It looks like. Just was I, I, tiny, I, I watched. Yeah, I I watched some and Matt Ryan just does not look good. No, he he doesn't even try throwing. He just throws five yards. That's it. Uh, tonight, cronies, we're gonna do a little uh, to finish the NFL season off with the weeks we have left. We're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of the teams in the NFL. Tonight we're going to do the AFC East teams, and we're going to collectively decide who the Mount Rushmore, the best four players on these teams are, who would be on their Mount Rushmore in this team. So we're going to start with the AFC East, boys. Oof. Is the Jets so, in that division? They sure are. It's the New England wonder, Patriots, New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the tonight, Miami guys. Dolphins. So we'll start. We'll start off with the. Uh, what do you guys want to start with? The Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Oof. So I think it probably goes without saying. Friend of the podcast, hopeful guest someday. Uh, quarterback, their best quarterback of all time, Jim Kelly, should probably be on this Mount Rushmore. Do you guys agree? I do agree. One thing, because you guys told me to do some research so I don't sound like an idiot, so I <laughs> I did do that. One thing I didn't realize is he was drafted in 1983, but he did not start 
for the Bills until 1986. Played just in the NFL, right? He, yeah, he didn't want to play for Buffalo. He yeah. didn't want to play for them so bad that he ended up playing <laughs> two seasons for the Houston Gamblers with the USFL. And I'm like, that's USFL, cool. yeah. how, like, that's how do you always say Jim Kelly's name and you don't know anything about the man? I, yeah, mean. I, I did not know that. <laughs> led Look the, up Jim led the Buffalo Bills to four in a row Super Bowl appearances. Just couldn't win any of them. But they were a team to be reckoned with in the 90s. Another player from that same team that needs to be on this list. One of the, I think he still holds the record for the most sacks ever. Bruce Smith. Yep. One of the best defense in his prime. There wasn't a man scarier than Bruce Smith. The man was just a beast coming off that end. He has 200 sacks. Yes. Those are the clear top two on that list. John, do you agree? I would say, yeah. Okay. The next, a little bit of controversy on this one, because he may or may not have killed somebody. But uh, on the field and off the field. (laughs) Yes. OJ Simpson, Uh, uh, nowadays better known for his murder trial, and before that, better known for the uh, Naked Gun movies. (laughs) Before that, he was a great running back in the NFL for the Buffalo Bills. Just dominant in his era in the 70s and early 80s so i i would think we probably have to put the juice is what they call them on the mount rushmore the juice is loose i did have the juice on there ryan i want to say this again something i didn't know he was the first player to ever rush over 2,000 yards in a season this is back in 1973 when it was a 14 game season and now you have uh, 17 weeks, and you have players that don't even come near 2,000. So just very interesting. That's a very good stat. I did not know that, Jay. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. Now the last one's going to be some debate. To me, there's two players that could be on here, maybe three if you want to go current. But the last three, I think, that are good enough to be on this – Pick one. Andre Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas, and Josh Allen. So, to me, Andre Reed shouldn't be on here. I never thought he was that good of a receiver. Um, he had a couple good years, but he had a lot of years where it was like seven hundred yards, eight hundred yards. To me, that's <laughs> Thurman Thomas was one of the better running backs for a long time. He could catch it, run it. Uh, one of the most dominant running backs in the nineties. And then, obviously, Josh Allen is just dominating the league right now. Already won an MVP. Um, it, this base is going to break every Buffalo Bills passing record in 10 years. So so uh. I did have Andre Reid written down um, as the next one. I will say this. Maybe you, did, you didn't know it. He did catch 941 passes, 13,095 yards. He currently ranks 18th all-time in career receiving yards. Just yeah, you didn't know he that. play like 45 years, though? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he played forever. 15 years. Yeah, man. He played a long time. Yep. Well, Thurman Thomas did, too. At the end of his career, they called him the Fossil. He played for so long. <laughs> um, I would for me, say it's I, a 
for me, I would say it's a toss up between those two. Josh Allen's too young. I mean, if you got a Super Bowl in there, it'd be easy to put him on that rush more. None of these guys have a Super Bowl in there, John. <laughs> right? <laughs> they lost them all. For but me, these I'd, guys played for years, is what John's saying. Allen for me, the not. order the order I would do it is Josh Allen, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed. Hmm. And I, I disagree. I I go Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas. I would do Thurman Thomas, Reed, then Josh Allen. Well, judging by those points, then Thurman Thomas would be Thurman the Thomas, next number four. So He's it. the Buffalo Bills, Mount Rushmore, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, OJ Simpson, and Thurman Thomas. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Job, good. Guys. All right, next we'll go to the Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Well, it's clear who's going to be on this Mount Rushmore to lead it. It is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. A great actor. Should have won an Oscar for his appearance in Ace Ventura. <laughs> the one and only Dan Marino. Amen. Uh, is for sure on that list. Followed by one of my favorite defensive players of all time. And he played for the Jets for a little bit. Uh, but just one defensive player of the year. I think once or twice, just dominant his whole career. Jason Taylor. Yep. One thing that was interesting on Jason Taylor, um, his sacks have him ranked seventh all time. He also holds the record for most fumbles returned for touchdowns. Jason Taylor. Really? Yep. Interesting. Um, You got to go to... Get somebody from the 70s on here, that undefeated team, their Super Bowl team, their dominant era. And I believe it should be their best running back, probably the best white running back of all time, <laughs> Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka. You guys agree with that one? I've never heard of him, to be honest, but if you never won the undefeated Zonka, huh? season, Larry look him Zonka. up. Watch some reels of this guy. You could not tackle him. He was unbelievable. During uh, Super Bowl Eight, he carried the ball 33 times and for a then-record, John, 145 yards, two touchdowns, and that record didn't get beat for another decade. Uh, for I the last agree. person on the Mount Rushmore, to me it's between two people, Zach Thomas, the mm-hmm. linebacker that was with them in the 90s, totally dominant. I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. He should be. His stats are very Hall of Fame worthy. And... Bob Greasy, who was the quarterback of those 70s teams. To me, I'd rather have Zach Thomas on there, but we'll decide as a, a group of which one to put on there. Can we not put Don Shula on there? Because I feel like that's who we should just <laughs> we said uh, players. Put. I know, he said players. So I will say this on Greasy. One thing that I th- uh, thought was awesome. So he leads them to the Super Bowl. They lose. The next season, um, he comes out. They're they're four and zero during week five. He breaks his leg. He during the AFC Championship game. They're playing the Steelers, and Shula says, "Are you ready or not?" Like they, they were losing at halftime. So he's like, "Are you ready?" So Bob Greasy said, "Yeah, let's go." He put on his helmet and he ran out to play. And so he took the field. He led them uh, to, to beat the Steelers and then to go on and beat the Redskins with the undefeated season in Super Bowl seven. So I just I thought that story was pretty cool. I hadn't heard that one. That so story pe- alone puts him on the Mount Rushmore. That's what I thought too. <laughs> okay. 
I agree so? with Zach Thomas. I, he's one of my favorite defenders too, and I think it's uh, ridiculous that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But Bob Greasy, if he, if he was a quarterback engineering those Super Bowl wins with that Miami team, he's got to be on that Mount Rushmore. Okay, so Mount Rushmore, the Dolphins, Dan Marino, Jason Taylor, Larry Zonka, and Bob Greasy. All right. Well, I'm in with the Jets, so we will go to the uh, New England Patriots. And I thought this was going to be very easy to do for the New England Patriots, but you get – to me, there's four players that should be on there, but it there's drops off. There's two for that. sure. There's two, two for, for sure. sure. And then – but we'll start it off with the GOAT, the best quarterback of all time, Thomas Brady on their Mount Rushmore. No doubt about it. It, it it is funny just so people know like i had to write all these notes about players if i show my phone you can see all these notes i'm writing next to tom brady i just wrote enough said <laughs> tom yeah. brady <laughs> yeah what, what do you guys say there's no stat that you can read he's done it all tom brady <laughs> yep well, that's a given uh the next one no brainer the gronk rob gronkowski uh one of the best tight ends in the nfl history Yep. In fact, if you were going to take a tight end for one game, you're probably taking that guy because yep. he's just unstoppable in his prime. No, Rob his prime Gronk. is better than anybody's prime at that position. Yep. And he's just fun to listen to. <laughs> uh, the other one, the, these are guys are all from the same era because, let's just face it, the Patriots stunk for a long time. They weren't very good. They had one good season in 85, and the Bears just destroyed them. In the Super Bowl. Uh, the next guy on the list for me is the cornerback of these teams, Ty Law, who was yep. one of the best corners in his time. He was a shutdown corner in the 90s. Uh, he didn't play for him the whole time, but even at the end of his career, he played for the Jets at the end of his career, and he was still really good. Um, but when he's with the Patriots, man, you couldn't throw to that side of the field. So I think Ty Law should be on the Mountain Rushmore. You guys agree with that? I do. Uh, I do. If we're talking defenders, it, it's Ty Law, Richard Seymour, Rodney Harrison, Teddy Bruschi. I mean, those are the four yeah. Patriots defenders I think of right there. Uh, so it's really hard for me to put Ty Law over Rodney. I mean, I think Ty Law's stats are better, but I think Rodney was the true leader of that defense in the dynasty. The only thing era. with Rodney mm-hmm. is he played over half his career with San Diego before he went to New England. So that's yeah, why I was I was favoring more towards Ty Law on that one. Yeah, we could put Ty Law on the Mount Rushmore. I think I think any of those four defenders on the Mount Rushmore is deservable. And then wh- who I think should be the next one on there is the best kicker in NFL history, Adam Vinatieri. I agree. That's what I was going to say. Is you, you there would not be a dynasty without Adam Vinatieri. Oh man, nobody was more clutch than that guy mm-hmm. when they were making those runs. Man, unbelievable! You get you didn't matter where you're on the field. If it was blizzard, you couldn't even see the goalpost. <laughs> <laughs> that guy drilled it right down the middle. Well, he got from, to practice, you know, in the snow all the time. It, it just made it easier for him. Well, he is from South Dakota, so he's used to it. <laughs> so. Yeah. But your your New England Patriots, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Ty Law, and Adam Vinatieri. Again, a coach on there could oh. <laughs> be oh, yeah. on there as well. Yep. All right, well, let's go to the New York Jets. Now, 
Man, there's just so many good players on the Jets. It's hard to pick a mountain one Mountain Rushmore. So we're gonna do 32 Mountain Rushmore here. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> I started no. my Jets list, and well, we're gonna go to <laughs> the names that quickly came to my mind was like Mark Sanchez, and I'm yep. like, oh man, he's got to be on there. <laughs> I'm, like, oh. I'm like, uh oh, like we're doing the opposite of the Mount Rushmore. We're doing the no. toilet bowl. Uh, they do have some good players on here that are Hall of yep. Famers, but yep, the, sure. the first one you got to start out with is Joe Willie Namath. Took him to the Super Bowl, guaranteed it. The only Super Bowl they have, so you got to put him on there. He was dominant those years with the Jets. Um, so Joe Namath. Yep. Then it gets then it gets uh, more to the current day. Yeah, uh, uh, real quick before you move on, I was reading um, on the. Uh, uh, Jets, and it was saying for any fan that wants to take Namath as number one, it's probably because they have these types of arguments, and it's the Super Bowl argument that you just said, um, that he was uh, the first one to break the 4,000-yard barrier for passing. Uh, this guy says they tend to ignore these issues, and I had to bring them up. Um, Namath was injury-plagued throughout the second half of his career, he was a sub-500 quarterback um, for his uh, all-time career. Uh, well, he uh, played career. for the Jets. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> and then he ended it throwing more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, for the career, he has 215 interceptions, and his touchdown passes is at 170. And he's like, so if you remove that one like amazing Super Bowl moment, like Namath – just wasn't wasn't, good. wasn't yeah. that good but th- and the one that they wanted to put on and maybe that's one you're going to bring up next as number one was wide receiver don maynard no i wasn't even gonna put don maynard on my list really someone had to catch all those balls i mean uh with the yeah. jets he still holds uh the records for the team uh 627 catches eleven thousand seven hundred thirty two receiving yards and he had 50 100 yard games um, and he holds all those Jets records. Yeah, to he this was day. Uh, a great. We can put a pin on him. Okay, pin. Uh, he might end up being on the list. So let's not okay. count Don Maynard out because if you, I watch a lot of Jets games and they always talk about best of all time and he's always on that list. So yep. we, we can put a pin on him. But they have okay. a lot of a lot of other good players. Uh, the next one that has to be on there, uh, one of the best corners of all. In fact, if I'm picking a team and I'm picking my first corner, this is the guy I'm picking, Darrell. Revis Island, Revis Island, um, just the most, the one of the most dominant corners, the most dominant corner in his era, one of the most dominant of all time. Talk about shutting down a half of a field. Nobody did it better than that guy. Uh, just got inducted in the Ring of Honor, Darrell Revis. How many years did he play for the Jets? He played twice for the Jets. I know, but how many years? I don't remember. Um. Five. I want to say it's a total of anywhere between five and eight. Because he played for the Bucks for one or two years, and then the Patriots for one or two so years. So you're putting a guy on the Mount Rushmore who went to play for the Patriots? The I can't Jets believe the guy rivals? wanted a Super Bowl. He wanted to win a <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> he knew the Jets were on the downward spiral. All right, next guy. This is one of my favorite players of all time. When he finished his career, he was the fourth on the all-time rushing list. Had 10 straight years, only him and Barry Sanders, of 1,000 yards. 
Yep. Uh, his last final year in the league, he led the league in rushing until I bought his jersey. <laughs> and that is Curtis, my favorite, Martin. Has to be on that list. Another former Patriot. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> with, I'm very glad that he was in that Bill Parcells package deal. That it worked yep. out great. Yep. Um, and then it gets, then we got a lot of players. Like you said, Don Maynard. Hard to keep him off that list, but you got Mark Gastineau, who's just a dominant, one of the most dominant defensive ends in the 70s. You got Wayne Corbett. You got to love him. A lot of great years. Nick Mangold. Uh, he, he's, I don't know if he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame yet. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but those are the probably the three you got to choose. Or Kevin Mawai, too, who is a Hall of Famer. Uh, he played center for them as well. He just got inducted a couple years ago in the Hall of Fame. He was on that uh, 98 team with Vinny and the Jets. So those are probably the guys you got to choose from. Gastineau, Kevin Mawai, Corbett, and Don. I said we'll just put Don Maynard over Corbett since he's got better stats. I guess to me it's probably between, oh, man, Mark Gastineau. They always talk about how he's so good. Jay, you're saying Don Maynard? Well, yeah, I, I had Don Maynard and I had Gastineau on my list. I did not have Darrell Revis. Um, really? So it, I, I did like I just pulled up the list I was looking at, and Revis is on the Jets list, but he's all the way back at um, number fifteen um, as far as all time. So I didn't realize he would be as highly regarded by a Jets fan like you, so I, I just have to take your word on that. I just, man, the guy was just, I, I can't remember. There's not very many defensive players that change a game like he did. Like, you couldn't do, it was so hard to play the Jets when he was on that in his prime. I mean, you couldn't yeah. do anything against him. What, what are you thinking, John? You got one of the, probably the most dominant defensive end in the 70s, Mark Gastineau. Yep. Probably Maynard the best receiver, the Bowl, one of the best right? receivers in the league in the sixties, and Don Maynard. Maynard got the Super Bowl with Namath, though, right? Yep. And then yep, Kevin yeah. Y, who was probably the most dominant center in the late nineties, early two thousands. I think, looking at these guys right now in front of me, um, I think you're going to have to give it to Maynard. Um, Super Bowl, the impact he had with Joe Namath. I think not having them both on the Mount Rushmore, the Jets would would be a disrespect to the history those two created for the Jets. And that's fine by me. So the I New York agree. Jets, Mount Rushmore, Joe Namath, Don Maynard, Curtis Martin, and Darrell Revis. Man, that's that's beautiful. Mount Rushmore there is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week we'll do another division. Uh, probably do the NFC East next week, boys. That's we'll go down good. the NFC Ooh. East. So that's it for tonight. Till next time, peace. We out of here. Thanks for joining us today on the Manchild Chronicles. You can find us on your favorite social media platforms at the Manchild Chronicles. Don't forget to join us every Friday for a new episode. That's all for now. See you next time. <laughs>